Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 152. This interview is with Caroline Avakian, founder and CEO of SourceRise, a news media startup connecting journalists and NGOs. Caroline, an Emmy-nominated TV correspondent, is a social entrepreneur forging a new path for foreign and crisis news reporting by increasing the media's access to on-the-ground expert sources in the developing world. In this podcast, we discuss the state of journalism, the opportunity for new forms of collaboration, and of finding new sources via Caroline Startup. SourceRise also happened to be the winner of this year's Gen Startup for News Media Award. Definitively an initiative worth checking out. Enjoy. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue podcast, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, your host and author of The Mindset, that's M-Y-N-D-S-E-T dot com, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes to the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick and enjoy the show. So good morning and welcome to the Minter Dialogue. This morning uh, we are at the Global Editors Network uh, Forum down in Barcelona. It's the fifth edition, a great event. Lots of it's really you know the who's who of media is down here, and I had the pleasure of listening to Caroline, who was uh, talking about a new project. So, Caroline, explain us who you are, what you do, and uh, tell us about this new project. Uh, yes, thank you for having me again. My name is Caroline Avakian, and I'm the founder of a social enterprise startup called SourceRise, and SourceRise connects journalists to on-the-ground expert sources all over the world with a focus on on developing world countries and crisis news reporting. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about how you got into this and where you came from to get here. Oh, yes, yes, it's been a long journey. Um, well, I started off as a young correspondent um, working in, in the news and the media, and then I transitioned into humanitarian work just really by accident. I fell in love with some volunteer work that I had done via the International Rescue Committee, which does refugee work. And um, I, I went from there. I transitioned my career, and I started um, working abroad. I worked in East African refugee camps. I worked in India and Central America. Um, and one of the things that really stood out to me was the lack of connectivity between journalists and people on the ground that actually need a voice to be heard. Um, and when there was connectivity, it was all coming from the same microphone, whether it was the American Red Cross or some of the larger NGOs. The, the, the majority of the, of, of the voices were all coming from the same funnel. And I thought that was a problem because there's so many experts out in the field working with communities that need to be heard, that need to be understood, not just in crisis situations, but also in, in, in the wonderful stories coming out of humanitarian work and global development work. Um, and coming up as a barrier from my own work professionally, it took years for me to start it, but once I realized there was nothing else out there, I took it upon myself to, to really start this. All right, so we'll get to sunrise, source rise in a sec, sunrise. <laughs> That's just because we're in Barcelona. Um, one of the things that strikes me, of course, is that in this media world with journalists, there's a, sort of something of a crisis in journalism in some regards. And, and so the idea of having a point of view, you know, it's got to, it's got to sell. So the, the, you know, journalism has gone down a route more, more commercial, generally speaking. So investigation has gone by the wayside. So, so what, to what extent do you think you're providing with SourceRise a counterpart, and how can you make that happen? Because journalism is in crisis. You're right, and I think that's one of the main reasons. I think we've hit an impasse, a huge impasse in the world of journalism and media, where we've gone so far away from the real reason why journalism started, right? It's a, it's a catalyst of social change and reform when it's done correctly. It's a voice for the people, and I think people want that. We know people want that. I mean, it's facts. There is data that 
asks audiences, do you want this information? And they say yes, but they're not getting it. So we think we know what we're giving them. We think we're smart about our marketing, but in fact, we're not actually being in touch with the people um, and, and what they actually want. And I think it's our responsibility to really step up to the plate and, and present different stories. And I think when we do, we're always pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and when you get into the humanitarian story, where there are, there are human stories and, and emotions are involved in a social, social media-inspired world, these kinds of stories are more likely to be shared. Do you have any... Is there, is there, is there an element of that in what you're trying to do as well in, in, in propagating virality without being you know, horribly uh, commercial in that respect? But... When you look at the news feeds that are now so much more in social, and you know, we, we, we saw yesterday how Facebook is, is really driving news sources for a lot of people. These kinds of stories are what people are looking for. Exactly right. And if you look at the data, it's there. The, one of the highest virality rates are found with the good stories, the surprising stories coming out of Africa that we need to hear more of. Because ultimately, when we know these stories are there and we report them, we're helping. We're helping by, by letting people know that, hey, we can make investments in, say, Rwanda, because Rwanda is actually doing really well economically. So it is our responsibility to, to take a look and say, okay, what are the good stories that need to be told? And ultimately, how is this helping the world be more informed and make better decisions? And ultimately, at the, at the broader end of it, how do we, by doing this, hold governments more accountable? Because, I mean, let's say that the mainstream story about Africa in particular, the 54 countries that are in Africa, it's probably not so much about these sort of micro stories, but more about the corruption and the poor governance and all this. And so trying to bring up some of the surfacing, some of the more positive stories, got to be something that's useful. Absolutely. And I think the narrative on Africa is tired. I think people are so tired of it. I think um, that when we do produce stories that are actually talking about um, the great strides that are happening, the great innovation coming out of, of, of NGOs and of the people, of the communities within Africa, not just you know um, organizations that are coming in from the outside, I think the stories are marvelous. And I think people, people really want to hear more of it. And when they do, they share. So from a social media perspective, it's pure gold. All right, so when you, let's talk about source rise now when you're pitching it you know one of the things we were talking about yesterday is that you've got you're connecting journalists to uh, the voice NGOs and people who need more of their voices to be heard what resonates when you're pitching to journalists because most journalists are you know already fit to be tied overrun overworked trying to figure out this new world and there you are coming up with another idea what turns them on what what, what works I think what works is we're not just providing them a source. Because we're in far-off places, that in margin, working in marginalized communities that are very difficult for journalists to reach unless you're one of the big elephants, the BBCs and the, and the, you know, the American NBCs, um, I think what we're providing are NGOs that are very tied and working in the local communities. And what's really works for them is that we're able to provide them with a source, provide them with a vetted source, provide them with the multimedia they need to produce a good story, and provide them with the context that they often can't get automatically from a source. So we've kind of created this box in which we can package something for them really well, whereas if, you, if they were to reach a source or a stringer in some other way, they might have to work a little harder to put all those components together. All right, so in, in terms of the sources, you, you vet them in your journalistic way, you, you, you can verify their sources, and what, what, what does it go into to verify that kind of source? You know, are they media savvy? What, what does it go into? That's right. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> so when journalists first um, sign up, they sign up for free on the site, so that's easy for them. We work with social impact organizations, also NGOs, um, and what we do is we have a kind of screening vetting process where we work with the NGO executives that are working in headquarters, that are working very closely with the communities, and we're working with the local community leaders that are that are in those particular countries. So we know that they're working for local organizations. We know that they're vetted. We know that they are um, oftentimes extremely knowledgeable of the context of crisis situations and when they're working for, and can provide those that type of information and um, and as well, like I said, multimedia and other types of things that a journalist would need to produce a good story. So it's a it's a vetting process that that obviously journalists need to apply their own vetting processes. But we do a pre-screening that we think is is, is good is, is 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 good right now. All right. So now we um, in terms of your business, uh, you know, you, you're connecting journalists. How are you marketing your you're, you're about you're in beta right now in beta. Yes. And you're going to launch in the fall, as I, in the autumn, as I'm translating. Um, so how are you marketing it and what, how are you going to get your word out? Because in the end of the day, it's a business. You, at least you have to operate in that regard to get it out. Absolutely. Well, you know, essentially for SourceRise to work properly, I need to have a huge pool of journalists and a huge pool of sources for this to work, for the connections and the matches to be made. So right now, it's a lot about you just being here from the journalist side. One of the reasons why I'm at Jen is because I have access to a huge pool of journalists, and um, and being one of the startups for news competition certainly allows source rights to get out there to 11,000 journalists. Um, so that's certainly one way. Social media, LinkedIn, um, all these networks are wonderful for getting your word out. Um, content creation, so blogs, um, blogs that I've created um, around the topic have been searched and been found. And there's definitely a correlation between blog posts um, and you know, interviews such as this that do really well in attracting journalists and NGOs into what I'm doing. Also, umbrella organizations for both NGOs and journalists are really important. So partnerships um, that can help me achieve scale quickly. So instead of going individually to each NGO, which would be very time-consuming and costly, if I partner with organizations that act as umbrella organizations in a similar way that Jen does for journalists, I can reach a larger pool of both NGOs and journalists in a shorter amount of time. And the business model? Caroline? <clears throat> the business model, yes. The business model would make it that for journalists, it would be free. And for NGOs, um, since it's a social enterprise, we have a double bottom line of people and profit. Um, the profit side of it is we have a sliding scale of a subscription model that we use. So an NGO would sign up for free just to receive emails. Um, and that aspect of the enterprise is always free. If they would like to pitch a story, um, if they would like to be um, highlighted as a you know expert source on the site, that then you start into the subscription model fee, which could be anything from $9.99 to $19.99 to $39.99 to $69.99, depending, again, on the size of the NGO's annual budget. We want to make this accessible to NGOs of all sizes. So that is why we work with the sliding scale model. And in terms of um, geography, are you focused on Africa specifically or, or, or within Africa or without Africa? 
Africa, absolutely, but we certainly are not particularly focused anywhere. We want this to be accessible to all parts of the world, and I think that's part of the reason why we started. We want we want to be able, for, we want journalists to have access to those remote parts of the world where they no longer have access to because of budget cuts that they have, because of the foreign bureaus that are shutting for some of the medium to smaller sized organizations. We want we want to be those those connectors for them. And when does Source Rise go live? Well, we it's it's live live meaning you can sign up right now um, on the website if you're a journalist or an NGO. And it's yes, sourcerise.org. Um, and we hope to really start making the matches um, this coming fall. In September. All right. Well, listen, how can uh, someone track you down? What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. Um, my name is Caroline Avakian. And like we said, and my, my um, email is always a wonderful way to reach me, carolineavakian at gmail.com. You can also just Google me and find me there. Thanks for coming on the show, Caroline. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it in iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers. Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way to rid me of the gray.
How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.